Welcome to episode number 237. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to improve the soil for gardening with three easy tips. This is especially important if you want to have a high yield garden and you've got hard compacted soil, maybe sandy soil, clay soil, or just overall poor performing soil. And even if you don't necessarily have those soil issues, these tips are still things that we use in our garden, even though I have a good soil now. So pretty much if you are growing any type of garden, you're going to want to listen in to today's episode. Welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, best-selling author of three books, including my newest book, The Family Garden Plan. And today's episode is brought to you by the Pioneering Today Academy. And specifically, if you are on the wait list, then you are going to be getting a video that covers compost and more ways to improve your soil with more step-by-step tutorial nature, which is what I have inside the Academy, because we're getting ready to open the doors for new members on February 19th. I only open the door a few times a year for new members into the Academy, which is my online membership. And if you are on the wait list, you will get an invitation and the opportunity to join on the 19th, but you are getting resources that are normally only available to paid members of the Academy for free by being on the wait list. And when people come on to the wait list, I ask them, what's one of the things that you really need help with the most when it comes to modern homesteading? And this was by far one of the biggest responses and the things that most people were struggling with is having poor soil and knowing how to organically and naturally get that soil to a good and healthy place. So I was outside filming this video. In between, we have had snowstorms. We've had rainstorms with a bunch of wind and flooding and back to snow. So I had a short window where I could actually go outside with my equipment and film the video that's going to be released to those of you who are on the wait list. And if you're already in the Academy, it will just be going into the gardening and composting series that's already there. But I thought that I would highlight some of these three easy tips in today's podcast episode for everybody. And if you're not on that wait list, go get yourself on it. It's at melissaknorris.com forward slash wait list. As I said, if you've got soil that is causing you issues, maybe the sandy, the clay, hard packed, compacted, whatever, you're definitely going to want to use these tips. But even if you've got pretty good soil, These are practices that I recommend putting into place because we can always work on improving the health of our soil. And that means we're improving the strength and vigor and the amount of harvest that we get from the food planted in said soil. Now, these tips work regardless if you are doing raised bed gardening, container gardening or in-ground gardening. Now, what I mean by in-ground gardening is simply you're planting right into the ground where the dirt is, whereas your raised bed is where you have got the ground part is open. So container completely closed with drain holes. When I'm referencing raised beds, what I mean is you have built up the soil and usually you have a retaining wall around it, but it doesn't have a closed off bottom. It still goes down into the regular dirt or soil. Number one, and this is especially true if you have poor draining 
clay or hard compacted soil is to grow a root crop. I like to use radishes because these are going to come to their full size and be maturity and actually large enough to break up the soil when temperatures are ideal. So radishes will germinate when the soil temperatures are cooler than a lot of things. They will actually grow in cool weather, but you still need your soil about 50 degrees Fahrenheit and the day temps to be around the 50s for them to come to full maturity in 21 days. I like radishes because not only do they come to that full size that quickly in three weeks, but if you're trying to grow carrots or other root crops that have that longer taproot, not only does it take them a lot longer to actually grow that large and be able to break up the soil to begin to help aerate it, but if the soil is super compact, sometimes even the carrot just can't get down a long enough root to actually begin to break stuff up. It kind of stunts it. So I really do like to use a radish and radish seeds are super cheap and radish seeds germinate really well, whereas carrot seeds are harder to germinate and more people have trouble growing carrots from seed, getting them to germinate and grow than they do with radishes. And plus with the radishes, because they will grow in those cooler temps, you can put them to use in getting your soil aerated and broken up more times throughout the year than just summer, which is typical for most carrots. So that root crop first to begin to break up the soil so we can improve the drainage and get the other amendments in there. Second tip is to do a cover crop. Now with a cover crop, we want the roots into the soil. So they're kind of same principle a little bit as using your radishes even though the roots of a cover crop are not nearly as large as a radish, but the roots are going to help feed the soil. And again, they're going to help to begin to break it up a little bit. But there are other benefits to using the cover crop. One, depending on what type of cover crop you pick, if you pick something like a hairy vetch, which is in the pea or bean family, that can help fix nitrogen into the soil. If you have poor performing soil or depleted soil, nitrogen is often one of the things lacking that helps promote good growth in our vegetables and fruits. So this can be an excellent choice to help fix the nitrogen in the soil so it is available for the other plants. You've got the roots in the ground, which is helpful for compact soil and to help feed the soil. And then you have the greens on top. So after the cover crop has been established, Then what you want to do is you're going to cut it off at ground level. So you're going to leave those roots in the ground, even though we're we're killing it, basically, this cover crop after it's come to size. So in the springtime, you want to cut that off at the soil line. You can do that by using like a machete or a hoe or a scythe. Some people will just run a small like push mower over top. We ideally, if you have compacted soil, we want to try to walk on it as as little as possible because that's only going to further compact things. So this is going to kind of depend on your gardening setup and how compacted and how hard that soil is. But by cutting a cover crop off at the soil line, you're leaving those roots in the ground to still continue to nourish the ground um, and to help break up the soil. But then that green part that we're cutting off, that is going to be a green, think of composting. That's going to be green and it's going to break down and feed the soil with organic matter, which is also really important. No matter if you use a lawnmower, you're doing the drop and chop method, the lawnmower will do it for you. 
And some people will do a really light tilling just to chop in that cover crop and to chop it up into the soil. But if you do that, you are going to be disrupting the roots and not leaving them in the ground. But you're going to want to go over the green. So if you're using like a hoe and you're going to want to do a rough chop because the smaller the green material, the faster it's going to break down and then feed your soil. Now, the third tip. So ideally, you would start with a root crop like radishes and then you can sow a cover crop around the radishes and let that grow and come up and get then chop that down. So you've got that root going on, root systems going on in your soil. Then you want to do sheet mulching or bring in a whole bunch of compost. The beauty of doing sheet mulching is it's going to compost down for you and feed that soil. If the soil is really poor and really compacted, then you want to do a deep sheet mulching layer. You want it to be really thick because the thicker it is, the more it's going to break down and create more compost for you. If you didn't listen to episode number 217, which is sheet mulching, the easy way to build soil and compost layers, you're going to want to go and check out that episode. And I will link to it in today's blog post that accompanies this episode. So to find the links and resources that I'm mentioning, you can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash 237, just the numbers 237, because this is episode number 237. But the beauty of doing sheet mulching is you are adding in manure. That's part of your green nitrogen part of compost that we have in order for it to actually create compost and break down. And then you're adding on top of that brown material and mulch. So that's going to help the soil. It's going to protect it from rain and or snow, which definitely does compact soil even more. So it's going to protect it from that while it creates this living layer of compost and it's going to break down into compost. So you kind of get the best of all worlds if you can do sheet mulching on top of this poor soil. Now, depending on how bad off your soil is, this might take several seasons, even several years to get it in a really awesome state. But the sooner you start, the faster the payoff is going to be and that much faster you're going to have really good soil. And doing this is every year I do this every year we do um, either a cover crop and or sheet mulching, sometimes both just depends throughout the seasons so that I'm constantly improving and feeding my garden soil. If your soil is really, really bad, sometimes people will begin to do this so that they can create better soil for some in-ground gardening, but they'll also bring in an outside soil source and do some raised gardening beds so that they have some beds that they know are going to perform for them and have really good well-draining soil right off the bat. And then they'll be able to increase their growing space in a few years by implementing these methods. Some other natural methods that are a great way to help improve your soil health as well as the health of your overall vegetable garden with disease and pests is to also use crop rotation. And I have that in episode number 233, which is easy crop rotation in the garden based on plant families. So you can check that out. And of course, inside the academy is my full gardening e-course that takes you from planning the garden, seed starting, direct sowing, companion planting, crop rotation, harvesting, all of the things, natural weed control, natural disease and pest control, all of the things from beginning to end, including pruning and growing fruit cheese. 
So if you're not on that wait list, I highly encourage you to get on it. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. And I can't wait to be back here with you on Friday with episode number 238. Because my friends, if you are interested in growing more in small spaces, especially if you live in an urban city environment or you're interested in hydroponic growing food and water, you are going to love Friday's episode. Okay, go check out those resources and we will talk again very soon. Mm-hmm.